0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Teacher's Pet is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcastcom Pet. Over seventy-five thousand titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player.
1: Okay, class, take your seats. I said, take your seats. Last six. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. <laughs> pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view, so give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi everyone, welcome to
2: Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. And what I thought I would talk about today is something that can probably not only help trainers, but you as the head owner if you're going to seek the services of a trainer and what should you expect from your trainer and I do a lot of traveling all around the world and I watch trainers teach classes, conduct privates and there are many times when I see a client become frustrated or the trainer might tell the client something to do that's really impractical. And the trainer might complain to me also that they have a high dropout rate. So my question to them is why? Why do you think that is? So before we go on break, Now, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about some tips that I give trainers around the world to help them encourage you to return to class and making it fun to keep you motivated to train. The key is that dog trainers have to remember that you're not a professional dog trainer and many of you might not want to be also. So training your dog should be fun. And if your instructor isn't living up to your expectations, don't leave, but rather discuss your concerns with him or her. Because in the long run, who ends up losing your dog? So, before we start, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Don't go away. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and
1: bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess.
0: Hey, boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own lifebook. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com, or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. Ah! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com
1: Hi, and welcome to The Family Pet on pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week we'll
2: focus on different topics child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So we hope that you will join us at The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio.
0: Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later.
2: Welcome back. This is Pia Slavani, host of Teacher's Pet on pet Life Radio. As we talked a little bit about... Earlier, I'm going to talk a little bit about the tips that I give trainers around the world to make them better dog trainers. And the first thing that I tell them is to be a good role model. You're there basically to learn from them and Obviously, you're listening and you're watching. You're trying to model what they're doing so that your dog can behave better. And then you can actually have a better bond with your dog and live happily with your dog. So their patterns of behavior are going to affect your behavior as well. So what I tell them is set their standards for what you want, not for what they think you should know or what they think you should do that's important and i also mentioned to them what are you really suggesting to people and is it really practical so for example there was a client that came in four children two special needs they had a biting dog that actually bit every single member of the family they were inexperienced owners the husband worked full-time and did a lot of traveling the mom works part-time from home and she feels frazzled, she feels overwhelmed, and they don't have a ton of money to spend on private training. So the question is, where do you start in a situation? And a good friend of mine, Jean Donaldson, this is a quote that she says, When you're a handed lemons, your goal is to make lemonade. So that's the key, is what are we suggesting? So, sometimes you think about the recommendations that your trainer might be giving you. Now, I'm going to go over a few behavior problems. And these are some of the comments that I hear from trainers that they give pet owners. First, when the dog is jumping up to greet, for example, I hear very, very common. People are told, walk away or turn your back. Now, that might work for certain dogs. Over 20 years of training, I think it works very little. You can turn your back on some dogs, but I can tell you the truth. If I turn my back on my young six-month-old, he's just as happy to jump on my back as he is on the front of my body. Also, I've heard people say, well, have people walk out the door. Let's think about that realistically also. Are you going to really ask guests, especially if it's raining or it's really cold out or it's snowing, if my dog jumps on you, please just step out the door and then come back in and you can stay in here until the dog stops jumping. I don't think I've ever asked a guest to leave. That's my job to control my dog. Stealing things. Something that I've heard, tether the leash around your waist so the dog sticks with you at all times. I'll have to be honest with you, um, number one, I don't feel like putting leash around my waist and I don't want the dog to be attached to me around my waist at all times. If the dog sees something and pulls, number one, it might not be practical because you could get hurt. Number two, it's really not going to teach the dog much of anything if he can't at least have a little bit of movement. So I don't recommend tethering the dog to. Maybe dragging a leash could be fine so you can step on it but attaching it, not something I want. Barking. Put it on cue and then teach quiet well if you've got a barking problem in a dog why encourage the dog to bark more so you can put a word on it instead what i do is i wait for the absence of the behavior which means silence and as soon as the dog stops barking i say quiet and then i give a treat so instead of putting it on cue why bother taking that additional step demand attention is another one time your dog out or ignore the dog that's great. Ignoring the dog could be fine. If you've got a lot of like, so nudging, the dog nudges your arm. If your dog is pawing at you, if your dog is barking at you for attention. Ignoring can work, provided you do it every single time. You can't make a mistake and sometimes reach down to pet the dog and I know a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it or sometimes when the dog is barking for attention you turn to the dog and you say, no, quiet, that's attention. So you have to either go cold turkey and never do it or try something else. Timeouts, again, eh, I don't think I've ever timed my dog out. If my dog is really that unruly and that unmanageable, The dog probably has not had enough exercise or mental stimulation. Sometimes a timeout is okay, but it could be more a timeout for you so you can get away from your dog a bit. So maybe just put him in his crate and give him something to chew on to give yourself a break. Because I've seen dogs, when they're taken to the timeout area, really get off on it. They're having a better time during the trip to the timeout area. I've heard when we say exercise your dog, Exercise enrichment is optimal for everyone, but it can be a real pain in the neck if you're really overburdened. Um, Many times the dog is just part of your life. So good examples how to exercise your dog. So make sure people are giving you, again, practical things. So, those are some of the things that I hear people saying that I don't, that I I like. There's nothing wrong with them, but are they truly practical? And I tell trainers also do you really do that? Do you walk around with treats in your pocket all the time? Some trainers might, but it's not something that I want because. I can tell you the treats, the clothing that I've had, that I've had treats in, all have holes in them at this point because inevitably you throw it over the chair or you lay it down someplace and they smell it and they start nibbling at your pockets. I'm sure you've all been there. So the key element, people need to see the picture and make the connection to want to change your behavior. If they're not seeing it, making the connection, it's going to be difficult to change your behavior too. So I tell trainers to provide structure, guidance, and build trust. You should have a relationship with your instructor and explain what you see. New behaviors, new expectations, and why they are suggesting that they're setting the criteria to a certain point now do we really have that touch that's another question that i ask many times of trainers many times clients will come up to me and say gosh you know i can turn any dog over to you and the dog seems to listen and you get performance and then the dog is handed back to you as the pet owner and it just appears that everything falls apart So the question is why can we stop the dog from jumping or stop the dog from grabbing at our clothes? Yet it's a difficult you have a difficult time. So why do dogs look at us as trainers and pay attention to us? I think a lot of times it's because we pay a lot of attention to the dogs. And this is what we do for a living. We've been educated in it. We tend to be slot machines where the dog never knows when he's gonna get a reward. Many times I see owners, they forget to reward. They might be cheap with their rewards or they reward the same way. So the key is to watch your trainer and see what their behavior is with their dog. And obviously it's got to be positive and humane. You don't want to do anything to your dog that you don't like, especially make sure if a trainer makes any suggestions to you that you feel slightly uncomfortable with, don't go there. Just tell them I'm not comfortable doing it. If they give you a hard time about it, leave. That's definitely my recommendation. I can remember years and years ago, I did things, you know, 15, 20 years ago to my dogs that I didn't particularly like doing to them. And, and I mean, there were just harsh leash corrections, not that I injured them in any way, but I can remember going home and feeling very teary-eyed about it. Thinking, mean, why did I do that to my dog? Why didn't I just speak up? So the key is speak up. If you're not happy with what the suggestion is, there are a lot of trainers out there that can help you. So what is our job as trainers? First, we need to show you what to do. Practical exercises. Secondly, we need to set criteria so you are successful. You need to get the vision right. Thirdly, we need to solve, if that's a problem, any motivational problems that you might have we need to get your buy-in uh, so you enjoy dog training otherwise we're not going to be successful that buy-in is going to be different for each client that motivation is going to be different for each client I can remember when I first started riding horses I didn't have a great motivation to jump, but my instructor insisted that I should take jumping classes, and that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I was not real motivated by it. Once I felt more comfortable on the horse, and I got to do a little dressage work, and I got to work with my horse on the ground and understand it, then I felt more comfortable getting on the horse and jumping the horse, but not in the beginning. So that was my comfort level. Did I lack motivation? You bet, because I wasn't comfortable with it. Empower action and create small wins. That's what I tell trainers. And you think to yourself, every time if you take one step, it's a win. You take another step, it's another little, little win. You're gonna keep doing it. It feels good. So that's critical that you feel those little wins along the way so you wanna keep striving, moving forward. Now, I call this see, feel, and change. So that means when we see something, it hits the emotion. We need to hit you at a deeper level than just surface thinking because if you're coming to us with problems with your dog, it is affecting you emotionally. I can absolutely understand it. I deal with a lot of behavior problems in dogs. And it's frustrating because you've probably tried many different things. Maybe you've read things in magazines, books, on the web, watched television, you've tried it and you feel like nothing works. So that's important for us to really hit deep. Not just, again, I tell trainers, just don't recommend something because you read it in a book. What do you, the pet owner, what does your client want? And then you work with them individually. Then we need to reduce your emotions and that might be part of your motivational problem. If you're feeling a little more relaxed about it, maybe the dog is pulling you on a leash and you've fallen, you've been injured. Now you're a little leery about it. So you don't have a great motivation to walk your dog. And now a trainer is telling you, make sure you're out exercising your dog and you're thinking, I don't really want to go for a walk with my dog because he's dragging me down the street and I got hurt as the result of it. So what can they do for you to help you with that problem? And emotionally charged ideas change or reinforce the behaviors of people. So that's another thing to think about. And Do we expect you to understand what to do visually without visually seeing it? It's a tough one. So I tell people to break their training steps down into digestible bites. So possibly I might say, don't watch the dog, look at my hands. Look at where my feet are right now. Listen when I mark the behavior so we can get timing down. So your trainer as you're working they should demonstrate with a trained dog so you can see basically what it looks like first and that's a key to it that if you can visually get the idea of what it's supposed to look like that's going to at least be step one to help you understand what it's supposed to look like with your dog and you think about learning a new sport in dog training we can consider a new sport. So it's something that we do. It's something that we have to learn. And our bodies need to understand exactly what to do as well. So that's critical. So we'll talk a little bit about setting criteria up next. But we're going to take a real short break to hear from our sponsors. So don't go away. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones.
1: Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess.
0: Hey, love to read but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough for all of us on the go people audible has the answer best-selling audiobooks for your ipod or mp3 player for pet life radio listeners audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash teachers pet. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward forward slash teachers pad for your free audiobook.
1: I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux. You can even go naked like your pets. (laughs) Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw on the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party.
0: Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com Let's Talk Pets.
1: Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio.
0: PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com
3: Okay, class, hang
1: up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay
2: attention, there may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. We're going to continue on now talking a little bit about the tips that I give dog trainers so setting criteria getting a vision right again without seeing the exercise it's difficult for you to create a vision to maybe direct change in your body and then inevitably to help the dog change what he's doing so what we need to do is we need to develop strategies to show you how to do it so you achieve that vision in your head so the definition needs to be clearly defined and if it's not Ask your instructor. Tell them you didn't quite understand what they were saying. Can you show me? I'm not sure what that looks like. That's really, really important. So anytime if you're confused, we all have different learning styles. And we're all going to learn at different paces. And don't forget, it's not just you who might be learning it, but it's your dog too. And dogs have different speeds of learning. Some dogs, they're like sponges. The younger they are too, the the more spongy they are. So, you've got a young dog that seems to be taking it all in, but maybe you have a rescue dog. Um, You've adopted this dog at the age of three that came with a little bit of baggage that has a history maybe the dog has never been trained so he he really doesn't so he's going to be a little bit slower um, again your instructor should understand that and not put you all on the same plateau um, people are not all on the same plateau and dogs are not either so what you need to do is buy in to your instructor's curriculum. Believe in them. Are they beneficial to your goal? What is your goal? And if you feel that the curriculum is not going to meet your goals, you can always go elsewhere. Or you can tell your instructor, if you really have a good relationship with your instructor, tell them, I don't feel this is necessary in my life. It's not something that I really have practiced or need to work on because I don't feel that I truly need this, but what I do need is X. So for example, um, city dogs. Let's talk about that. Probably the number one thing that people need for city dogs is that they walk nicely on leash because they're going to be taken out many, many times a day. So they need to be reliable around traffic. They need to be able to pass by other dogs but they also need to walk nicely on leash. Now, that might not necessarily be the same if you live out in the country. You're on a farm, you live in the country. I don't walk my dogs much. I hike them, but I do need them to walk nicely on leash because there are times when my husband and I will travel with them. So they need to learn to walk nicely on lead. but I can't say I do a lot of leash walking because my dogs are off leash quite a bit. So, what I need, obviously, is a really, really good recall. I need my dogs to come when they're called. So, once you see things that are working, you see change in your dog's behavior, you're going to probably be motivated to continue on. So, that's important. Now, the next step, what I tell people is model timing. Make sure that, again, you are able to see a clear picture of what the behavior looks like in order to get good timing. And when I talk about timing, that means that you're going to mark the behavior and you know from previous training sessions, we either used a clicker or we used the yes marker. So that takes practice also. So again, if people say you don't have good timing, that's not fair because that takes practice. Having good timing means that you are watching every little move the dog is making, and it takes a lot of practice to get that marker, that yes out at the exact right time, especially when you're dealing with complex tasks. Savvy trainers can switch gears quickly. Again, if you're just starting this sport, you're not going to be of the same mindset. So it's sort of like the Olympic athlete where they can be really quick to switch something off versus somebody that is just a beginner in a sport. When we think about skiing, for example, can't compare the two. So there's going to be that middle ground. So what you need to do is make sure that you just stay focused. And if you're weak with your timing, then practice, practice without the dog that's really easy so for example one thing that i tell people throw a ball up in the air take a tennis ball throw the ball up in the air when it hits the highest point say yes so you can see if you can get your timing down ask somebody to sit in a chair for example and when their rump hits the chair mark it with a yes so little things like that to get your timing down so you start to get that timing with your dog and it's not and again does it have to be perfect no remember this is dog training it's not brain surgery where we have to be absolutely perfect so don't worry about that now feedback make sure that you're getting good feedback not criticism but feedback. Feedback should help you improve. That's the goal. They shouldn't be criticizing you for what you're doing right or wrong. So the key is you want to make sure that feedback is very descriptive and it's focused on what you're doing and what the dog is doing. So you should be able, after receiving some feedback, the next time you do it, you should be able to see success if you don't understand the feedback, once again, ask. Really important. So improvements in performance are wins. And think of wins as, as something that you go home with and you think, wow, my dog did really good in class. But better yet, why not say I did really good in class because my dog's behavior definitely improved. So give yourself some credit. Don't just put it all on the dog because the dog is not going to train himself. Well, he can train himself, but typically when they train themselves, it's not good things. It's stealing things from the counters or or garbage, and they can learn really quickly about those things, but they're not going to learn about good behaviors unless you help them. So momentum is going to build, and you're going to start to feel those wins, and then you're going to want to continue. So make sure the critical key is that your instructor doesn't give up on you. If you're bored with the curriculum at all, you know maybe again, you might be advanced. This might not be the right class for you, but the key is, if you're successful and you feel like it's moving too slowly, ask your instructor, is there anything else that I can do to move on? Because I feel like uh, both my dog and I have succeeded in that particular step and I'd like to move on, um, even though the rest of the class might not be there. So again, there's nothing wrong with asking. There are going to be some barriers, obviously. Sometimes if you've had a history of failure, you've had your dog in class and you haven't had success, it could be frustrating to you. Maybe, again, the expectations are unrealistic for you and your dog, so you might lack time. Who has time? I don't have time. It's it's amazing. I've got two young dogs and I squeeze in every little time that I can so I can practice training them and I like to train my dogs but I don't have time maybe you have a lack you're lacking a shared vision with and again I go back to calling them your coach or your instructor so again see if they can get on the same page as you you're paying you're the paying customer you're the paying client so you need to make that decision to make sure that they're there for your goals and what they are so I hope that was helpful and the key behind it is to develop that nice nice close relationship with your trainer or your instructor. And if you feel if you ever feel frustrated at all or you don't want to do anything and go back to it one more time, talk to your instructor, tell them and if they can't abide by it or they say, "Well, this is this is what we do here and I'm sorry, I don't have any alternative there are." So, unfortunately, we're out of time. And I'm going to expand upon this a little bit more in training session number four, which I'm calling training in a Twitter world. So I'm leaving for today, but I want to obviously give a special thanks to our producers for making the show happen. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me at pia at petliferadio.com. And I was thrilled to receive an email from a lovely woman from Zimbabwe. So I just want to say hi to you. I know you, you listen every week, and that was so exciting for not only me, but all of us here at Pet Life Radio. So, until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.